Welcome to Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. Woo! There were some fireworks in the background just for effect because it's uh, new, a new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Are we sure those were fireworks? Uh, yes. Even though I do live in a transitional neighborhood, those were definitely fireworks. Uh, you know, so we're starting off with a bang 2021. We're the podcast where we talk about gay stuff and discuss the week in LGBTQ plus history. We are Thomas Kendall. And this week we're reviewing the week of January 3rd through the 9th. Well, Happy New Year to you, Kendall. Oh, thank you. How are you doing today? How's your new year starting off? Feeling fresh and frisky. Fresh and frisky. Are this you, new year. Are you glad to have put uh, 2020 behind you now? Yeah, but let's give it some time to see if it's going to be any different. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not to scare the world, but I mean, January 6th should be an arbitrary day when uh, the the uh, House... Uh, elects the president, formally elects the president. When they approves. accept the electoral votes yes. from the electoral college. Thank you. There'll uh, be some shenanigans and some foolery. But uh, hopefully we'll get past that with unscathed and uh, we can truly appreciate 2021 for the year we all hope it's going to be, which is better than 2020, uh, which was a. I mean, we talked about this last week. It was a good, I mean, on personal fronts, you know, from, from the sense that, you know, you got married, I got married, our podcast was, you know, did really well. Uh, but yeah, it was not great. Uh, so hopefully vaccines are underway, Trump will be out of office, and we will be in good shape. Uh, so uh, yeah, but anything anything exciting going on? Just slave to the man now, huh? And not just your husband. Shit. Hello. Um, Sex slave, man. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna build a dungeon in your new house? No. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what the when your tenant moves out, you'll be like, okay, this is all. Uh, uh, it's padded. We'll just do all that kinky stuff in the front yard. <laughs> there you go. That's appropriate. Is that uh, y'all are in like a historic neighborhood, so you just never mind. We have to get it approved approved through the committee. Like oh. we have to wear period garb. Oh well. <laughs> it's a nineteen ten house, so we'll just dress accordingly. Are you gonna dress like bowler little- hats and? Puff sleeves, I assume. Oh yes, I've already got the full wardrobe. Of course you do, and you had that. That's you're bringing that back. I mean, you've had that in your closet well, for several times. To be honest with you, this is true. This is true. Uh, have you been paying attention to uh, to social media, like Twitter? Not our social media, but uh, on Twitter recently. And speaking of the new year, like apparently a bunch of uh, homosexuals decided to make their way at, down to a PV, and all I kept seeing first of PV all, PV isn't is that. Um, I thought Sexual it was. Term? I thought it was like a, a gay gay PV. I it kept seeing on Twitter, and I thought it was like, is this a new? Is that the what they're calling the uh, the new strain strain of coronavirus? But apparently, it's a bunch of homosexuals that were down in Puerto Vallarta, down in Mexico, who were, um, you know, all these social influencers were, uh, you know, the shirtless ones that you know. What were they doing? Probably I'll follow. Um, they were uh, down and partying in Puerto Vallarta bragging about it i guess of course you know they're probably like we wear a mask and i don't follow any of them so it's hard to like full i just see the like the backlash from there wasn't a mask in the bunch yeah no mask (laughs) yes there was no mask uh and only films uh, yes, that's OnlyFems. That's a new site, too. Uh, but uh, they uh, apparently went to PV. All the gays who stayed around were, like, were being pretty... These um, are supposedly influencers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone's following them because of their shirtless pics. As they, as the kids say, they're thirst traps. Maybe something you can use for a future sassy hour. Um, but they, uh, they were... You know, 
so the gays who didn't go were obviously being very self-righteous. But I I don't go to PV because I care about people's health. We're all is, just mad we weren't invited. Well, that's what I'm. The sense I'm getting was like enough with this. I mean, every day you got to tweet something. But it's about not too late. You think they might invite us? <laughs> I hope so, but I don't know. I don't know if, who's still so there. So people are mad because um, they're down there without any mass partying. Yeah, which is spreading the the plague. Right. I mean, so they shouldn't be down there. I just. I, don't, I, I mean, they're dumb for doing that but it's exactly. happening everywhere go to walmart <sighs> for real we don't have to shame the gays on twitter yeah but so there's a lot of shaming going on uh interestingly you know one of the and so the gays loved it the gays who didn't go uh really loved it when uh when the, one of the boats capsized in in puerto Vallarta, and so it was like one of the part of the circuit party and so i think everyone's okay um but it was just like a video captured of all the all those wigs. Yeah. Ruined. Exactly. It's like, no, you know they weren't wearing wigs. It was all Speedos because, again, they're all influencers on Instagram. So we're all liking it, uh, all of the photos. So but, all those <clears throat> socks in the front of the Speedos came to the Yeah. Well, they floated. So top that, of the wall. That's how they, they all survived because of the socks in there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's uh, that was um, all I've seen on social media recently from gay Twitter, as you will. Everyone's mad. Everyone's mad. Well, they're doing it everywhere. It's true. It doesn't make it right. I mean, to be sure, right? They shouldn't. I mean, there's this is not something that should be going on right now, but it is happening. So it's like, I just think it's weird that people are like, I care about lives, and so I don't do that. And it's like, you know, everyone. I, I, I'm ready for that vaccine to yeah. sweep across the world. But I remember growing up, everyone said, if you get a vaccine, all the anti-vaxxers, because they've been around forever, said vaccines would make you gay. Well, hello. So we shall see. I must have had a lot of vaccines growing up. Thanks, mm. Mom and Dad. Uh, I appreciate that. It's you get an injection in <laughs> There we go. There we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's got some special fluids in it. Um, what was I going to say? But I, I was saying earlier that all, you know, everyone's doing Okay, now I know He's a lot of Botox, by the way. <laughs> I know a lot of people are, are um, mostly everyone is still being cautious, but there's a number of, fo- everyone has their own bubble. I mean, we've gone since, I think, you just look on social media or on the news like uh, we've gone from this concept of like complete shutdown to being comfortable with our little bubbles and such and your pods I think is the term people are using so I mean there's some extent you know I think everyone's doing it you, you know you see a lot of bit about it on social media where uh, people aren't posting pictures that they normally would on social media because they're going to get shamed for less nudes yeah, yes less nudes less OnlyFans I know there are plenty of OnlyFans during pandemic uh but I, I well, think now all the, a lot of straight celebrities are on there for what recipes? Yes, <clears throat> I was watching. They've reverse gentrified OnlyFans. Oh yeah, uh, no more whole pics. Oh, there's still plenty of those on there. It's just uh, it's like pumpkin lattes. Now they have pumpkin lattes. Anything we can do. I mean, we should get an OnlyFans for our podcast because apparently you can just post like a. Well, you got to be one of the Real Housewives. I, Spence and I were watching someone reviewing OnlyFans accounts. Um, uh, from the the most approved to the the gaping hole uh, uh, photos and videos, but the the most approved was like Dorinda from the uh, Housewives mm. in New York, New York, I guess Beverly Hills, whatever. Um, I think she got booted off. She uh, uh, well, that was the video her getting booted. Off. And people would pay. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, there was the it was like nothing. It was like a uh, it was a text message. It was like like not a it was it was text. It wasn't like a video or. Uh, picture or anything it was like text like oh you guys are great people or whatever so well was... i think we talked about this before the people that uh, i'm not shaming because i i feel very sorry for them because it could happen to me 
the ones that start off their OnlyFans price too high, like nine ninety nine, and then you just watch it slash 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 right. until it's a Venmo <laughs> <laughs> code to just give any kind of offerings. Yeah, well, you know, those people are still making some coins, so. Unless uh, less controversial news, though, on Twitter, though, I did see something um, that was, I thought, noteworthy. Uh, coming out of the New York Times, there's a section called Wirecutter. Um, they said after, and I saw this tweet pop up on multiple, it was retweeted multiple times. That's why I thought, hmm, after 90 hours of research and testing 58 different models, the Magic Wand Rechargeable uh, is noted to be the best vibrator. So they've been doing their research. Who's been testing that? Um, a group out of the New York, you know, people, <laughs> writers in the so New York Times. So people are getting paid to review OnlyFans <clears throat> and to test out vibrators. Mm-hmm. Well, where, uh, where do, do you we sign do up? this? <laughs> <laughs> we can do this on our podcast. We can talk about, <laughs> although that would be interesting because uh, testing that out just over, over, over sound versus like some video format. That's why you would want to feedback. do, that's why you'd want to do an OnlyFans is to test that out. Well, live. when you were talking about wire cutter section, I thought you meant like it was a e-stem section of the New York Times. Remember that? A what? E-stem. It's electrical stimulation. It's a sexual um, kink. I think electrical stimulation. Do you hear that in the background? Those are gunshots. Somebody's testing out a deal. That's a mighty fine, powerful uh, vibrator. (laughs) Remember the hanky code that we talked about, where different color hankies showed, especially in the seventies, what uh, you were into. So like yellow, you like to get peed on. And they updated it, and aluminum foil was for E-STEM. All right, E-STEM. Walking around with aluminum foil in your back pocket. <laughs> I was just trying to get good TV reception, and here we are. I got mm-hmm, touched. That's what you way. always say. That's what I, that's what I tell Spencer now. It's like, <laughs> uh, but yes. Yeah, so why is it uh, the top-rated vibrator uh, from these esteemed uh, writers at the New York Times? <laughs> it is cordless. It has provides excellent clitoral stimulation and no toy offers the same level of power and intensity so hey it apparently cost a few extra dollars but the writers say it's worth the additional cost i think my friend martha was on that study (laughs) well we did that she said she liked not having the cord inside anymore And if she does, she prefers a three-prong. <laughs> oh, for the extra stimulation, uh, for the extra charge. Wow, wowzers. I, I, uh, I, um, I think it was noteworthy that uh, it's come up several times. And I felt that we had to mention that for our lesbian and even our, our male uh, uh, listeners. I mean, I think it's good that you have Well, a good... and they got a product placement spot in the podcast. We did. <laughs> they might want to be a sponsor. That was free of charge. What was it called? But um, boom rechargeable. There's the dad joke Don't for need you. to plug it into jar. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing the last few days. On uh, since uh, I actually took a few days off because uh, leading up to this week, it was chaotic because we were trying to get the house ready uh, <clears throat> ahead of Christmas. And, uh, and then we, just because that was kind of a key milestone for us, and we, find, we did it. Uh, so we kind of took this week off to just like – Take a deep breath. So I took away, stepped away from work. So I spent, I have spent an unproductive amount of time on social, on social media. media. Yeah. Well, if Oprah doesn't tweet it out, I don't know. I didn't read it. She's yeah. really the only person I follow. So you have, you're that one per, you're the person with not the a, one, a, a one million followers, and one you follow one person. Oprah. Oprah. Well, and she and Gail do these little <clears throat> videos where they. Um, 
people ask him questions in there. It's a cute little best friends thing. Like, would you rather type thing. And they asked him about gay slang. They quizzed him if they knew any gay slang. I was like, mm-hmm. Oprah's stealing my slang, slang bang, bang segment that, from that, back in the day. That's copywritten. Okay, don't copy me. <laughs> Y'all do it sloppily. Um, so I think I have a lawsuit. Uh, but it was cute. They didn't know any of them. What were some of the ones I'm trying to remember? Did you watch the video? Uh, I know that was assigned homework, and I must oh, say that I, I, I did not. The segment's ruined, huh? They know very few of them. <clears throat> but I used to do this little segment, and we have just gotten letters pouring in for me to bring it back. The letters. <laughs> the letters. Just The letters. Like. Uh, called Slang Bang, where I would do a gay slang word of the week, and I think I'm going to bring it back. All right. Okay. Okay. So this week, gay slang. You know what? We should invest in some sound sound effects this year. I think I think I think we're going to make it happen. I was listening to uh, Trixie and Katya's podcast, uh, The Bald and the Beautiful, and they have sound effects, and I kind of want them. Is that in the budget? I think we have to talk to the accounting department. <laughs> I thought it was. Okay, Slang Bang. <laughs> Available on iTunes. There you go. Um, this week is paint shaming. Excuse me, what? <laughs> you did a big gulp. <laughs> I'm like, what? That is our new sound effect. Paint shaming. Okay, paint shaming. You gotta um, guess. Uh, it is um, shaming people who show up at Pride with just uh, paint on their titties. Mm, close. It's if you are. I can't believe I said that. I just realized, sorry, I said that, and I'm like, my mom listens to this, and I'm like, usually I say. And now we're all imagining your mother's breasts. No, ew. Yes, we are. No, all of us. I'm sure my mom has nice, but no, no, I don't want to think about that. I was. Stop. Again. (laughs) No. Anyways. Um, Okay, so paint shaming is when a bottom, when a top. Pulls out their penis and there's some uh, residue on it. <laughs> okay. It's called paint. paint and then shaming. if you say, if the top was like, ooh, gross, that's disgusting. Get out of here, you whore. <laughs> um, that's called paint shaming. Shaming them for... Painting um, your penis. Painting the penis. Poop. Yes. Um, and a lot of bottoms are like, I put in a lot of hard work. I douche all day. I haven't eaten in a week. <laughs> put in and out of the hospital trying to please you. And you're going to shame me for just a little... A little residue. Right. <laughs> you just make a gay slang. Yes. Residue. residue. Do That'll that be next, next week. week, so I don't have to figure out a new one. <laughs> um, but paint shaming. And I kind of get it because I was one of those. I am not... Um, I have never bottomed. And part of it is probably going to be paint shamed. You don't want to get I don't want shamed. it to affect my diet. <laughs> um, you want to eat whatever you want when you want to eat it. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay. Um, but I tell you what, the first guy I dated, his name is those we do not speak of. Mm. I felt like his toilet. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, he was the opposite of douching. I was his, you're his douche. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's just an accident, it's like, no need to shame him, you know? Right. They can sleep outside, but yeah, you don't want to sleep in all the bed. (laughs) Right. Just get black sheets. That's true. So paint shaming. We don't want to be paint shamers. Paint shamers. Don't be a paint shamer. Don't be a paint it's shamer. It's a natural human Residue. body. You just be scat daddy. Scat. 
<laughs> put that on your business cards. Like, who are you? I'm Scat Daddy. That's a new grinder profile you can uh, you can put. It's on. not new. No, Scat Daddy. You. It was. It's. It's your old one. I was Scat Daddy sixty nine. Oh, of course you were. Uh, I don't know how to go into this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to, well, that's Slang Bang, huh? And they consider me a master painter. Oh, my gosh. Leonardo da Vinci. <clears throat> You're Leonardo da <laughs> Poopy. Uh, sorry, I, I'm done. Too much. No, you should stuck with the rest of you. So that's a Slang Bang. All right, a recent Gallup poll shows that Americans have reported feeling stress, worry, and anger at the highest levels in over a decade. And while we're growing more and more aware of the effects of stress on our bodies and minds, we may not have considered the effects that our stress can have on our pets. According to a 2019 study, there is a synchronization between stress hormones in humans and their dogs. And if you're a dog parent, you probably know that your pup is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling. We're always working to reduce our stress in any way we can, but what about the anxiety we may have passed on to our dogs? Baked bones, you heard of them, they have a solution. CBD has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs, and Baked Bones has your dog covered. Made from organic, human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil, their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup. You can check out BakedBones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and other benefits it may provide. Baked Bones offers free shipping on all orders over $25, and you can save 15% using the promo code GAYSTUFF15. That's G-A-Y-S-T-U-F-F-1-5. I see the word stuff, and I'm thinking um, paint shaming, so i got to get that out of my head. Well, you were talking about your mom's breast. No, not the same. Baked Bones is LGBTQ owned and operated and is based in Houston, Texas. Baked Bones is now available at Men Ready Mercantile, which is a store in Houston and Austin, Texas. They are stores in Houston and Austin, Texas. Baked Bones proudly donates 10% of all of their profits to no-kill shelters in the U.S. Baked Bones, baked dogs, happy. Well, and those baked bones have human-grade ingredients, meaning humans can technically eat them, and they're full of fiber, which will cut down on paint shaming. (laughs) More fiber gets rid of paint shaming. It minimizes the uh, paint shaming opportunities. Speaking of puppies, though, if you want a clean pet without all the hassle, packing Fido up in the car and driving them all over town for a grooming is a chore that just many of us pet owners do not like doing. What if instead you could have the groomer come straight to you? With Aussie Pet Mobile of River Oaks, you can. Aussie Pet Mobile has spacious, custom-designed mobile units with all the luxuries of the salon. AC, heat, electricity, and water. No hookups are needed, and they never use kennel dryers or harsh chemicals during the grooming process. Their vans ensure that your groomer's ability to take care of all your pet's needs, including hair care to paw care, and everything in between is all just taken care of. They even offer special services such as de-shedding treatments, whitening treatments, hairstyling, dead sea mud baths, dark color enhancing treatments, and facials. Their groomers are trained and certified and will pamper your pets with a personal 100% cage-free one-on-one experience all in the comfort of your driveway. You know what else Aussie Pet Mobile groomers are trained on? Good social distancing practices. You can make your appointment today and ask about your contact-free pet grooming service at your curbside. Only if they had that kind of service for paint shamers or guys who would get paint shamed. To hose them down? Yeah. That is an industry. Hello. New mm. idea. Copywritten. Oprah, get back. Just a hose. No, you'd have to hose the top down, right? Or you could hose the bottom down before he engaged in. I wish we had this in the early 2000s when I, I was. Could... 
<laughs> can you imagine when I was a canvas for my boyfriend and your Ford Escort uh, people coming around because that was a popular car at the time your neon you know, Dodge Neon and someone coming out with a water hose and just spraying you down <laughs> squirting <laughs> squirting speaking of squirting I got nothing Brent. well it is <laughs> well my topic is about four lesbians <laughs> it's called the we're talking about the Brunswick Four <laughs> And um, in January, on January fifth, nineteen seventy four, there were four lesbians in Toronto, Canada: Adrian Potts, Pat Murphy, Sue Wells, and Heather Byer. Um, they were at a tavern called the Brunswick Tavern. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, you do know about this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, they sing a little song. <laughs> well, hold up. Uh, at the Brunswick Tavern in Toronto, they were uh, drinking during an open mic night of singing. This is a straight bar, obviously. And three of the women got up. The fourth one said she was too shy. Um, but they there was a Rodgers and Hammerstein song called I Enjoy Being a Girl. And they did their own play on it full of gay um, innuendos. Lyrics, lyrics and innuendos called I Enjoy Being a Dyke. And they were singing it and they said the people in the bars were applauding. They were loving it. It's a predominantly straight bar. But the straight staff hated it. And they were disgusted so they cut the mic. And when it was over, everyone was cheering for them, and they got they went to sit back down, and the manager come came over and said, "You need to leave," because they were lesbians singing a lesbian centric song. That was, uh, but the it wasn't uh, even if it was well. Uh, I mean, the crowd was pleased, right? They were having a good the crowd time. liked it, but yeah. the the staff said, "Nope, offended, not on today." Those Canadians. Um, so the manager asked sure. them to leave and they refused. I'm sure they said, Oh, sorry. Yeah. There were, there were so many stories going on. Sorry. I'm sorry you have to leave. Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm not, I'm staying. <laughs> I'm sorry for telling you sorry that you have to leave, but sorry. I'm sorry for go. saying sorry. Um, but they refused to leave and they said, you'll just have to call the police, which they did. The manager did. And the police showed up, told them they had to leave and they still refused. So the, there were eventually eight cops that showed up. And dragged them out of the bar, uh, injuring two of the women. So eight cops on four lesbians, like. So those cops were outnumbered, <laughs> right? Because those lesbians were work. They came to, to fight to Thinking, brawl. Yeah. No, that's crazy though. I mean, think about the the force. I mean, they weren't causing a disturbance. No, I mean that they was the point song. of them saying, "We're not doing anything." It's a song that everyone enjoyed singing. Right. You're obviously, telling telling us to leave because we were being too lesbian. Yeah. Singing a joke song that the bar enjoyed. Um, so they dragged him out, injured two of the women's, two of the women, and the cops were making inappropriate and harassing comments about them being gay as they dragged them out, uh, got to the police station. They didn't charge any, uh, they didn't file any charges, but the women weren't allowed to call an attorney during the detention and they didn't tell him if they were being arrested or not or how long they were staying. So they were like, we need to speak to an attorney. And they actually told the cop, um, are we going to be allowed to talk to an attorney? And they said, you've been watching too much American TV. Not everyone is entitled to a, a free well, phone call. Well, I was going to say, I was like, is that Canadian? I mean, because it was happening in Canada. Like, is that Canadian law that they're allowed to? I they knew- were, Starsky and Hutch was big at the time, and I think they were watching too much of that. Perry Mason. Yeah. Fairy <laughs> uh, Mason for the gays. Uh, I was a fairy gay son. <laughs> So they were released, and the, these lesbians refused to leave the station. 
because now they had been kicked out of a, a straight bar for being lesbian and they had been harassed according to them and treated like crap because they were lesbians as they were arrested they weren't told their rights they weren't allowed to make any phone calls um and then they refused to leave the station <laughs> and one of the cops um punched and threw one of the lesbians to the ground and pushing her out uh, so that really pissed him off so guess what they did after that they sang a song the four lesbians went back to brunswick tavern all right to get eyewitness accounts of uh, from bar patrons that were there to get their side of the story for anyone that had been there earlier that night and as soon as they got there, the manager ordered them, the manager ordered them to leave again. I remember reading this story, and I'm like, they they went back, like, like all the things. I was like, they were feisty. They were like, they're, we're not going to leave the police station. I'm like, you, we know you didn't want to go to the police station to begin with. And by the way, I'm not shaming them because I would have. Well, you have to understand. It's 1974, Canada at the time, according to what I read. I mean, the U.S. had had the Stonewall riots. In 1969, there had been the Cooper riots. There had been several like instances where the the gays just south of the border were, um, and that was a lesbian bar in Toronto as well, south of the border. Hello. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, get there and lickety split. I heard. Okay. Uh, but right down in the U.S., they they were seeing gays um, fight for their rights, and this was considered a big deal at the time because the national papers and the major cities in Canada covered this story mm-hmm. the next day once it came to light. I think they were like, no, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to take this. We're not going to be told we can't be in a bar because we're gay. We're not going to be treated a certain way by cops who are supposed to protect us because we're lesbians. I think it was a turning point. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's cool. Again, it's just counter whatever to things that I guess I <clears throat> would be doing. Like, I'm going to stay in this police station a little bit longer to prove my point. Or then uh, I'm going to go out to the bar, back to the bar, which I probably would do something like that. But uh, I'd go to drink and not get uh, <laughs> names and numbers to, you know, statements from people to prove my point. Well, they went back to the bar and they were ordered to leave by the management and then the the cops were called again. Three out of four were arrested. Uh, The cops called them homophobic slurs and one of them, according to the one of the women, said a cop threw a a bag of coke on their lap or white powder when she assumed it was coke and said, oh, look what fell out of your pocket. Police planting drugs. Um, Which was just an intimidation ploy because they weren't charged with any drugs. Uh, so three of the women were charged with creating a disturbance, and then one was also charged with uh, obstructing police. And then by the next day, it was in the national papers. So it was a big deal yeah. in the major cities of uh, Canada, and they were calling it a lesbian riot. <laughs> um, and it was such a big deal that there was a, a high-profile attorney, Judy LaMarche, who was actually an ex-cabinet minister in Canada, uh, represented him. Because she said it was blatant homophobia on the police part and the part of was the bar. Was she a lesbian? Because that sounds like a lesbian name. I don't know. Judy Marsh. Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you don't want to go there. You wouldn't want to go with Soggy. her to down south, uh, south of the border bar. Marshlands. <laughs> uh, but the gay community of Toronto supported them. They held fundraisers for them to cover their legal cost, and they all attended the trial. It was like a galvanizing event in the Toronto gay community. 
And I remember there was a sense when I first started going to gay bars. I thought you were going to say you remember that chord. I was like, that doesn't, no. that doesn't add up. But uh, when I started going to gay bars, this was in 2001, it felt different. Even in major cities, it was a community. You felt like you only had each other and you had to look out for each other because the cops were against you. The laws were against you. Society, the whole culture was against you. So it was much, it felt much more back then like a family than it does now. Oh yeah, we've talked about some of these, like Paul Broussard and other people who would who were murdered outside of the bar. I mean, right, people came down to... Uh, from the suburbs to different parts of the city to go hang, you know, gay bash, you know, homosexuals at the bars, right? So you had to be on lookout for each other. It was a sense of community because it was the one refuge. It was a safe space. And then when you left, you had to watch each other's backs because you never knew what was, yeah. who was And a lot room. of times, you don't see it much now, but it was the norm, um, even in the early 2000s, for them to paint the windows all black. Because... A lot of people there were in the bars did not want to be seen that they were in the bar. Well, we've talked about this before. Like when we started dating, you had, you couldn't. Of course, you took a camera everywhere. Uh, but a you disposable could, camera because yeah. this was before people had cell phone cameras. But you know, there would be a couple of times where people would tap you on. You weren't allowed on, to take like, pictures in gay bars because if there could be someone in the background that did not want anyone to find out that they were in a gay bar. Right. Uh, cameras were prohibited. And, most gay bars I went to. And now they're all over the place. You can't, Shit, you, you can't you, have a gay mm-hmm. bar without cameras. Taking pictures in the bathroom. I mean. But at trial, uh, one of the women, Pat Murphy, testified that a cop said the women are... Was that a lesbian? Because that sounds like a lesbian. Pat Murphy, yeah. yes. Uh, there are many lesbian Pat Murphys. Testified that a cop said the women were, quote, the scum of the earth and should be shot. And the cops did not deny it. They said that there was an inquiry about how the women were treated. By the way, that was just sound effects of wine pouring. That Gurgling. It was, wasn't real wine pouring. Um, in 1976, there was an inquiry about how the, tro- the cops treated the women, and they acknowledged, quote, some officers used abusive language in addressing the women. But that was in response to their uh, crude <clears throat> remarks. The sad thing is you don't even know if that was because they were women or because they were lesbians. It's like both. I mean, yeah. There is an added sense. For women, there's a... This is what a lot of black lesbians say, especially black masculine lesbians, that we're discriminated against because of race, gender, and... I mean, race, gender, and our homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's different for us. It's another layer. And I've... For me as a white gay man, I know in the eyes of society, but I'm still white. Right. You know, there is a, there is a, it is a, a tad bit easier for me. Mm-hmm. There are things that I don't have to consider about. Yes, I've been discriminated against and the laws have been ridiculous through most of my life because I'm a gay man and I've been affected by that. <clears throat> but let's not get it twisted. I have it far better or easier there are assumptions, less assumption, negative assumptions made about me because I'm a white man. I do know that. Right. I mean, you come with, uh, there's less assumptions and there's just uh, this, I mean, you think about, there's still hierarchy between men and women, right? I mean, there's still, the power structure still favors men versus women. Uh, and there's still a racial, racial disparity, right? So uh, if you, uh, with white people over people of color, and so if you're black and female and lesbian and, and straight, you know, even if you are uh, you know, a person of color, um, straight over, you know, 
gay LGBTQ community, right? So, um, so if you if you're a, a black female who's a lesbian, I mean, you've got, I mean, there are lots of eyes that are um, staring at you and not in a favorable way. Yeah, which is sad. And so it, but it, I mean, there's all these hierarchies. Well, there are a lot of conservative people that. <clears throat> It's America. Anyone could do. You just have to work hard, and we all. As long as you work hard, we all get the same advantages. Or, you know. Yes. No, that's not. Oh. That's not necessarily true. I would say yes. But you just have to work harder. ten times harder. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I, you know, know even Trumper, like again, backgrounds HR, where people, you know, would say, who were, you know, I will call them Trumpers now. Um, that we would acknowledge that, like you're starting, you know, ten, you know, three, depending on your if you're a woman or if you're a person of color, you're starting several rungs back on the ladder compared to the white male who just, you know, automatically starts out with the head start. Um, so they're not even at ground zero with everyone at the starting line. They're actually ahead in line just because of you know being a white male. So well, um, if you're white, you have to work hard and get an education. If you're not white. You have to work hard, get an education, and other things. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Frustrating, but I, I honestly think that's the way this country will always be. I hope not. It's I mean, so ingrained in American DNA. It's so where a lot of people don't even realize they're doing it. I would, I would agree to that. I think. Uh, I mean, I think there will be. Uh, there will always be a tension because it's not unique to American culture of uh, racial tensions of people judging on uh, skin color. Um, you see that in other uh, other parts of the globe where uh, in in African countries or Latin American countries, lighter skinned people tend mm-hmm. to be Colorism. more favorable. Right. So uh, and sexism. Right. I mean, the- but even that, because a lot of um, African countries have colorism or even not even African, a lot of Asian countries it's better to be light-skinned and have wider eyes. Mm-hmm. That is the repercussions of colonialism. Right. The whole... In every continent, pretty much, the Europeans have colonized and to where the culture of that country becomes the wealthy or the Europeans, the most educated of the Europeans, the, the good... We want to be like them because they have power and money. So therefore, you want to look like them. It's all these little subliminal things to where before you know it, you don't even realize you're trying to... You want your hair, you know, for years. It's not so much now. uh, But for black women, the hair... You did not show your natural hair. Mm -hmm. You wanted it to look like a white woman's hair. Right. In texture and the way it moved. And a lot of that is because white people, Europeans have been the example of what beauty and power, it's it's the gold standard, which yeah. is ridiculous. I, I saw someone yesterday, yesterday I was at the store doing an exchange, which was a nerve-wracking experience, but I had to do it because of a time sensitivity. Um, but I went and I saw... Uh, gay people which by the way i haven't seen like gay people out in the wild in some time because normally the only gay people i'm around are spencer and you guys like in terms of when we record the podcast so um it's not i mean we're anyways did you uh, paint shane them 
I did, but it was very, uh, very much a a uh, a twink gay, like younger, really skinny, and she was wearing her. I mean, he had a purse and nails done and everything, and was yeah. just like there. But I'm like, girl, you at DSW. Um, but anyways, she was he was in line uh, paying and uh, was a looked like a white guy, tall, probably six foot plus, blonde, uh, blue, blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, but her last name was Gutierrez. And the only reason I know that is he spelled it out because she was asking, what's your email address? And he said, blah, 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 Gutierrez, 1997, whatever. So I was like, first of all, I was like, oh, okay. She was doing the math, 23 or whatever. And then, but she spelled out, he spelled out the name because he was like, oh, it's G-U-I-T-T-E-R-E, whatever, Gutierrez. And the woman who was checking him out, she's like, "Oh, your last name's Gutierrez," and he's like, "Yeah, but I can never pronounce it. Like I always, I always pronounce it wrong." And I was like, "You trying to pass for right. white, and you won't even. I mean, you're 23 years old, so it's like you're gonna tell me after all these years you don't know how to pronounce your last name." So to to your point of like, there is a certain like, oh, but I, yeah, I may be Latin uh, or Latinx. Uh, but I'm, I look white, so I'm going to pass. I have a friend with the same thing. He'll, he'll call me. Uh, However, and, a lot of Latino cultures consider themselves white and they look down on other right. um, there's Latino that, cultures that don't look white. There's that power structure. A lot structure. of Cubans. I can't, I can't avoid it, right? I, I have dark skin. so it, Well, because to them, the European Spanish would be the what they're trying. Right. I don't want to say trying to emulate, but... Well, even if he is that, but I'm like, you're in Houston, Texas, and you can't pronounce, you're, you're not going to pronounce your Jeez. name because, and, and, but. Well, maybe he wasn't very bright. Well, again, presenting as a, uh, someone who's wearing Gucci all the time, but was picking well, out. Maybe some, he was pronouncing Gucci or as. <laughs> Could possibly. But, anyways, by <laughs> less shaming him and more of like, that's, that's sad because that's someone who is of Latin. Because they wanted to see more white, white is what you're yep. saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go back to the lesbians. Yes. So all charges were dropped against uh, the women except Adrian Rosen's uh, creating a disturbance charge, and she got three months probation for it and a suspended, suspended sentence. So the bar closed in 2017. It's a pharmacy now. <laughs> but it's that one night to where they went up to have fun as four friends singing an op- during open mic night and they cut the mic, led into something that is considered a historical event for Canada. Not just for the gays. Because in doing research, it was a lot of like Canadian history websites that this was on. Right. Um, you never, you really never know what impact you can have just by saying no. Right. You're telling me one thing, it's wrong, you know. And I disagree with it. And then now we're talking about it here on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right after paint shaming, right after paint shaming, and talking about vibrators. So and your mom's. No, we're not talking about my mom. Well, you you were earlier. No, I was not. Well, actually, you said nope. someone was thinking about it. No, it wasn't me. you you were thinking about it. Stop okay. thinking about my mom. Well, once you kept talking about it, at least you're not talking about my dad. Well, we can. No, definitely not that. I will not paint shame him. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, uh, that's the Brunswick Four. I actually, when you were, when you said that was the topic, I was like, oh yeah, maybe I've heard of it, but no. I I remember doing research on this last year. Uh, I think it was for a, a Daily Post, and uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty fascinating. And I remember seeing the pictures of the pharmacy now and what it used, you know, it used to be the bar. So it's such cool. Uh, 
it's unfortunate that 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 had to happen, but it is it is cool that that story lives on and people. Well, and not only that, I saw an interview of one of them. The one of them that was too shy to sing because it was three women. Four women were arrested. Only three were singing. She said, "I was too shy." And she's like, "Now I would be singing. I would be the first one singing if I thought something like that would happen." Yeah. But um, she said one of the women died. One of them is now instead of Heather Byer, it's Lamar Van Dyke. So I'm assuming he's um, transgender. Huh. I didn't get. They didn't. She didn't say anything other than what well, I'm assuming his name, or else I would mm-hmm. go more into detail about it. <clears throat> um, but these people are still alive. Yeah. A lot of people from Stonewall are still alive. Yeah. So it's crazy to think how recently people had to. It was, it was an act of defiance to sing karaoke, basically. Right. Yeah, and which, and we benefit from people saying nope. No, yeah, yeah, we very true. It, it's it's crazy because again, I mean, they they were well received. It's not like they were saying anti-Semitic. You know, they weren't like. Uh, a they thought it was funny, but yeah. however, you know what I thought about when I heard that is that a lot of straight people are comfortable if you're making yourself the joke, right? Because then it makes them feel better too, right? You know, like we're laughing at you. And I don't know if that's necessarily environment, but at times in the past, because I'll joke about anything, I don't really, I don't like to be a pearl-clutching person that's like easily offended. I think we should laugh about what makes us uncomfortable. So I've always joked about being gay as long as I've been out, and there have been many times where I've like, oh, this has crossed a line now to where they're now making fun of me. Right. Instead of us just joking around. Right. Well, and that's been the evolution. We've talked about this too, like on, on TV and and in, in movies, where you know we're not the punchline anymore. We're not the sidekick. Like we actually have nuanced storylines. And and I, yeah. again, that goes to some of the reasons why, you know, we as an LGBTQ community want to be acting in those movies as the lead character, not giving it to Matthew McConaughey and the likes. Who you know, no offense to them, it's just those are good storylines. Let us let us play them. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, cool story. I, I I appreciate you sharing that with us. Oh, thank you. Should I should I leave? <laughs> You're gonna head out. I'll just do this one. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and hang out. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Economy Works. If you need help with marketing, hire a freelancer. You need help building a website, hire a freelancer. You need help recruiting people, you can even hire a freelancer to do that. Economy Works believes in the power of connection and wants to connect you with the talent network. The talent network has over 1,000 years of experience and it's growing in HR, marketing, IT, accounting, and other specialties. Economy Works, when we work, the economy works. You can find out more at economyworks.com. That's E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S.com. All right. I I feel like even though you know, the women got arrested in your topic, it was kind of lighthearted because it was, you know, on they were singing and they're having a good time. And, you know, they in the end, like everyone remembers uh, a good story. This one, um, I think there's a good there's a good storyline element to it. But it is a sad story. Ten years ago, um, on January 8th, uh, so back in 2011, uh, Gabby Giffords, uh, who was the U.S. House of Representative um, out of Arizona, uh, was was uh, shot uh, at a uh, meet and greet with constituents uh, outside of Tucson. Um, the reason I'm talking about this incident, though, is the 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 guy who's uh, credited with saving her life, uh, Daniel Hernandez Jr. Uh, he was an intern on her staff. Uh, is is gay, and so uh, figured I'd talk about that story because again, the when that happened, I mean his 
he got a lot of press. Um, not out of it. I don't mean that. In a, he wasn't he wasn't fishing for it. It just it was a it was a big story, uh, and the fact that he saved her life, uh, and he's an openly gay person, I thought was pretty pretty remarkable. So a little bit of background on Daniel Hernandez. Uh, he was born and raised in Arizona. He grew up wanting to be a doctor, but he got involved in politics um, in two thousand eight when he was supporting Hillary Clinton's campaign. Um, so. He, of course, was devastated when she uh, lost the primary to Barack Obama in 2008. Um, and so he, uh, so along the way, though, he met uh, Gabby Geffords uh, while he was doing that. Uh, and he met her, really liked her, and started volunteering for her campaigns. He, he says he's really inspired. I mean, you think about Hillary Clinton and Gabby Giffords. He says he's really inspired by and uh, connected to strong women. Mm. If you look at his Twitter profile, he says he's a feminist. Um, he's not one of those Twitter influences that, that's in Mexico. He's right not now, in PV. No. no, he's in AZ, Arizona. So, um, so to, to, to the event. Um, so, again, Daniel Hernandez Jr., he was an intern. He was supposed to start on January the 12th, uh, but the office was short-staffed, so he volunteered to help coordinate the Congress at Your Corner event that um, uh, Representative Giffords was hosting uh, at a Safeway in uh, Casas Adobe, which is a, a suburb out of, uh, out of Tucson. Uh, the event was scheduled to start at 10 a.m. He shows up at 9 a.m. to help set up. His job was to register people. So he's getting their info, info to, uh, he says in, in some interviews, to, to thank them for attending. Of course, you know, anytime politicians getting your email address and information, they want to contact you and they want you they to want donate. Your money. Yes. So, uh, but yes, Annie. he says uh, to get their information so we can thank them, acknowledge them for attending. Um, I, so... Just a little bit of background, though, and leading to this event. So the year prior, she was so this happens. This shooting happens in 2011, uh, 2010 was the midterm elections, um, and so uh, obviously the House reps are up. They have two-year terms, so they're up every two years. So she was running a campaign, um, and during the campaign in 2010, her campaign office uh, was shot at, or there was a door smashed. Uh, and there was also uh, at an event, a campaign event, an angry constituent brought a gun and dropped the the gun. They were going to shoot, I guess, and they dropped the gun at a campaign event. This was before event. she was shot. Yes. So this was in 2010. So so I, I I say that in context because this informs a little bit about Hernandez's thinking. Well, remember what was going on at the time. Barack Obama had been president for a year ish, mm-hmm. and it was the Tea Party was huge. We went to that Tea Party. We lived in D.C area and yep. went to that tea party the, the biggest tea party thing and a mm-hmm. lot of the signs were go back to africa and next time we're gonna lynch you yeah yep. it was a lot of violent a lot of people were pissed in my mind that were barack obama was president because he because he was a black man yeah and i mean some people legitimately d- disagreed with his well, views a, a lot of people hate democrats and they're gonna hate joe biden and they hated bill clinton uh but there was an extra layer of race to Barack Obama, and that was in 2010, and a lot of the Congress people stopped having town halls and stuff because it felt very unsafe. Well, Giffords was in a tight race in 2010. She actually, a guy, I, I follow him just to hear the other voice, but he's a, a jerk. Um, uh, Jesse Kelly, so this really tall, six-foot-eight conservative, mm. um, and uh, he's such a <laughs> blowhard, like, when you think about the, is he still in Congress? The, no, he 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 lost to her and never ran again. 
no, but now he does uh, radio and TV shows. So, and he's all over Twitter with these huge influencers. Are huge he's uh, in poor following. Roger. Huh? He's in PV. He's in PV. No, he's not gay. Uh, but he it was so it was just interesting to be like I because this guy posts multiple times a day, and so I was like, oh, that name sounds familiar. Anyways, she beat him. It was a close race. Like they, I think it took a couple days before. Um, they decided the reason he he's notable is because to your point as a tea partier he he was getting a lot of press nationwide because of the things he would say he's a tell it like it is donald trumper type thing so very gross um but uh but yeah so so that all happened before before this event right and so uh, so as, as the morning's moving on, 10 o'clock comes around, the event's starting, uh, Hernandez is registering folks, Gabby's meeting with folks, and all of a sudden, gunshots ring. Uh, and first, Hernandez, Daniel, he thought they were they were fireworks, um, but then he remembered all the things that happened the year prior, so he's like, this is probably the real deal, this is gunshots. So he heard the shots, he was standing about 40 feet away, he says, uh, from Gabby, and he ran toward the sound uh, to make sure that she was okay. Um, witnesses could see the gunman shooting people sitting in folding chairs. Uh, and Hernandez was like, I, I need, I need to stop because he was, I mean, obviously this is a, a big deal, right? Gunshots, people are, people are being shot. You hear these noises. This is your first day on the job. Mm-hmm. Like you're 20 years old. Uh, and he says he compartmentalized everything. He's like, I need to stop how I'm feeling because if I have a breakdown and start crying and trying to protect myself, uh, which is a normal reaction. I think he was trained as an EMT too. Uh, yeah. So he did have some training in high school. Again, he's only 20 years old. Uh, he said that would not be helpful. So all he wanted to do was be helpful. So that's kind of what his mantra was in his head. Uh, in high school, that's where he was trained as a, a nursing assistant uh, in a nursing assistant program. He did a phlebo- phlebotomy program. Oh, okay. um, he says he looks, learns, learned one-tenth of what an EMT uh, has to know, but he used that to kind of inform how he cared for, for Gabby. Uh, as he's running towards Gabby, he sees his boss. His boss is uh, the the district director for uh, the Giffords office. Uh, he was shot in the leg, but he says he ordered him to to help Gabby. He says, you know, go 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 find Gabby. Uh, and so he became focused on just trying to you know tunnel vision, like where's Gabby? Let me make sure she's okay. Uh, he saw her on the ground. He started applying pressure to her wounds. Uh, when he found her, she was slumped slumped down, and the way she had fallen, she was in danger of, of inhaling her own blood. So he propped her up against his chest to make sure that she had a clear airway. Um, and he had her on her lap, and so then he started checking for wounds. Uh, and he all he could see was blood was coming out of her forehead. So uh, his initial thought was like, I got to put pressure on 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 wherever these wounds are. Uh, but he didn't have anything. He was like, Oh, I could rip off my shirt. Um, uh, but if I do that, Typical I would. Game. Yeah, I was like, let me take off my shirt. Uh, but then he's like, I'd, I'd let go of her. So he started just applying pressure with his actual hand, uh, and so he did that until finally um, he, some help came. Uh, but she was conscious uh, enough that you know he wanted to make sure that he was talking to her. Although she couldn't open her eyes or she didn't have her eyes open, he was talking to her. He he said because she's such an inquisitive person, he felt it was necessary to inform her of what was going on. You've been shot. There are others injured. Uh, we're getting help. The ambulance is on their way. Do you understand? And if you do, squeeze my hand. And she did. And so that's how he knew that she was still somewhat responsive. 
Uh, finally, again, this was outside of a Safeway. Some of the Safeway staff came to, to help, um, and he said, started yelling, go grab rags, go grab rags. And so they came back with some of the smocks um, that they would wear in, like, in the meat department. Uh, and so they started applying that to, to her wounds. After about five minutes of all the chaos, um, finally the police and ambulance started to arrive. The, uh, the shooter was detained by not the police officers but people that were at the event. Uh, they kind of knocked him down, uh, kept him restrained until uh, the police could, could cuff him. At last, the ambulance arrived. Um, you know, his position, Hernandez was like, I don't want to get in the way. Um, but they were like, you need to hold her in position until we can safely get her out of here. Uh, and so he, again, wanting to keep her calm, he kept describing what was going on. He said, I know you're in a lot of pain, honey, but just stay still. They're, they're trying to help. Do you understand uh, that the police are here? There's, um, there's not going to be any more shooting. Can you squeeze my hand? The ambulances are on their way. Do you understand that? So he's telling this to her the whole time to make sure that she's feel aware of what's going on and, and trying to relax versus feeling stressed. Like, no, there's still more chaos. Am I going to get shot? Um, with it for a 20 year old yeah. to know how to act like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, he maintains obviously cause he got a lot. I mean, he's the one credited with saving her life. A lot of interviews. Uh, how did he do it? And consistently in all of his conversations with people, he's like, I just had to, he, he's always said he compartmentalized things so he could focus, um, and not try to get distracted by all the emotions you feel. Um, whether although he said I was mainly you know using this technique to to uh, you know, prepare for a test, I never thought I was going to have to use it to to save lives. And so he said that's kind of what allowed him to be alert and aware and helpful to Gabby during during this time. Um, he said that you know she was the number one priority, um, and and that he was just trying to make sure that she was going to be okay. They had originally wanted to airlift her. Um, but he was like, okay, so what's the ETA on, on getting her out of here? Uh, he's like, there's an ambulance there. Can we do that? Um, and so, uh, they finally put decided they were going to take her by ambulance to the hospital. Uh, and he said, well, you know, do you want me to get in the ambulance? And they were like, well, he, he was trying to be more forceful. Like, I'm, I got to get in the ambulance. And they didn't want him to get in the ambulance. He mm-hmm. said, uh, there's no room. And he said, you better make room. Uh, and he wound up getting on the ambulance and riding with uh, Gabby all the way to, to the hospital. Um, again, comforting her the whole way. He's like, I'm, he was telling her, I'm on the phone right now, trying to get a hold of Mark, who is her husband, who's now a senator-elect. Senator-elect. Uh, the astronaut, yeah. Yep. Uh, and your mom and dad here in Tucson, do you understand that? Uh, he said when he mentioned uh, Mark and her, her mom and dad, she squeezed extra tight. Um, of course, he was covered in blood, um, blood all over his clothes, his cell phone. Um, but he stayed at the hospital in those bloody clothes for hours, just trying to make sure that he was there, not just for Gabby, because obviously when she was in the hospital, she was um, uh, under the care of, of the hospital staff but for, for her family. Uh, his parents came in, sisters came in uh, to the airport. They were just crying. He said, you know, they couldn't understand how, though, he was so calm throughout all of yeah. that. Like, because he didn't break down. Um, um, he, he says, you know, again, people question, like, how are you so rational? Uh, and he, again, he credits it to this way of being able to compartmentalize things. 
um, in the end of that, that event, um, you know, it was a bloody scene. 13 people were injured and, and six people had died from, from the oh, shooting. Oh, then it was that many. Yeah. I, I didn't remember the details. I mean, I actually don't remember any of the peop- like, news about people getting injured or people dying. I just remember her being shot. So um, that was, I mean. Well, she pretty- was on always a lot of list of, like, um, the women most likely to be the first female president, president in the United States. She was considered to at least obviously she was more than just her congressional seat like she was bigger than that they always talked about her as at least governor or senator if not the first female president and she always had a good reputation as um and she's still alive i'm saying her as a politician a good reputation of like a likable uh, respected congressperson mm-hmm. so when and she was so young when it happened too she's 40 40 so when this happened i remember people were like wow we thought she would be around for decades in the public field and there was even talk when she was still in the hospital about will she recover and run for senate yeah yeah i mean and her I, husband I, wind up running and running yeah I, this past year i mean now that I think about it you're talking about her her treatment i mean here we are in houston i mean she came to houston for treatment i mean i think she spent a lot of time here trying to get to the point where she could actually uh, you know, stand again, right? I mean, she went back to the house for a bit to finish her term, uh, and then and then she went for a State of the Union address too, right? And walked in, and the entire place cheered for a long time. It was yeah, very moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, so in the aftermath, I mean, in terms of Hernandez, he got a strong reception. He got over. He said ten thousand emails, two thousand people wanted to friend him instantly on Facebook. So he could have been an influencer back in the day and been in PV. But is he not in PV? Are we sure? He's, he's not in PV. Okay. He's a a proud uh, state. We would represent- not shame him. Though. <laughs> we would not. He's a he's a state rep in Arizona. Oh, he's a state rep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, immediately that same year in 2011, he actually ran to be on the the school board uh, there in uh, Arizona, and he got uh, he got elected in November 2011. You know, he says it. Uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting is that he he because he wrote a memoir I think in 2013, um, and he said he he could have written it earlier, but he just said it didn't. One, he just people want to put the label hero on, on him, and he. In multiple interviews, he's like, "I'm I'm not a hero. The heroes are the first responders who showed up to save people's lives." So he's like, "I I just reacted," um, but he uh, he, I, where was I going with all this? That's <laughs> my train of thought. He uh, um, a lot of people though that are considered heroes, they want to run away from that title. Yeah. And a lot of, you've heard about this before, where a lot of heroes that in the media, when the media bestows upon someone the title of hero, a lot of them commit suicide. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big it's a, burden to bury. I mean, I, I was I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, is he just being humble? But it's like he, he, he again, going back to my point earlier, he, he did not feel it was appropriate to capitalize on the offers of memoirs and books and all that stuff because he could have taken advantage of it. He's like, but... 13 yeah. people were injured and six people died. I mean, so I, I get the point. I mean, it, when I think about hero, I think about like Superman, right? Superman, Batman. I mean, these are fictional characters, but that's yeah. what I think. They save everyone. Like no one dies in those movies, right? So it's hard to be like, I'm a hero. I saved one person. Um, six. Pe- and I don't know what's going on in his head, but I'm just trying to like, well, why wouldn't you think you're a hero? Because that's pretty heroic what he did, right? Remarkable 
uh, feat for a 20 year old to be like, I'm so focused on saving this woman's life, but I mean, you didn't save everyone's. And, and and that's not a knock. Right. It's There's just a like, lot of survivor's guilt a lot yeah. of times. And then the whole hero guilt about you're making me about to be a hero, but I could have done more. And did I do enough? And also you don't, you're trying to prevent yourself from, you're trying to keep yourself humble a lot of times right. too, as in like, no, I'm not some kind of superhuman. When I, So I was an EMT f- out in the field for about a year, and I was never in a situation where, I mean, I would transport some people to hospice care, but I was never in a situation where someone was imminently going to die. Actually, that's wrong. But never in a situation where I had to tell somebody they were going to die. But I worked with a guy who had been in many situations like that, and he said he felt so much better once he decided to stop telling patients that, you're going to be okay. You're going to survive when he knew they were going to die. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people say, am I going to die? And your instinct is to say, no, no, no. You know, he said, once I started, when it was obvious, I when I started saying, yeah, you're going to die. This look of mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say, maybe peace is not the best word, but this look of like, oh, acceptance. Mm-hmm. And they could die in a way where they were mentally prepared versus like eyes wide open terrified like right. anticipation of what's going to happen that was very haunting when he said that yeah. but it was also reassuring in the sense of like okay well maybe that is the best thing yeah yeah i don't know i mean oh wow, that that's very haunting um i mean i that's that's the only thing i could think of i mean it's those sorts of things that you just described um and could I have done more? Those sorts of things that would maybe, I guess, if I'm putting myself in issues, why you wouldn't say that? You know, Gabby still, she wasn't 100%. I didn't do all I could, you know, those. But nonetheless, he saved her life. So he did, again, some pr- very remarkable things uh, to make sure that you know, she could still you know, be who she is today, right? And and there was, uh, and he helped minimize the damage to the extent that he could. So, um you know, there was a, this was a significant event, right? I mean, a lot of headlines, it was, it was, it was one of those things that it got, it got extra attention, I think, because of, um, there was all sorts of anti, you know, the, the tea party and all of that, mm-hmm. that headlines. And Well, Sarah Palin had messaged out, um, she put targets over certain congressional districts and hers yeah. was one of them. And people were like, that can that could tell people to shoot these congressional candidates. Right. And there was a big backlash against that. But right. I remember at the time there was a lot of, the whole country was tense. Right. And I remember when Barack Obama got elected, a lot of people assumed he would be assassinated. Yeah. So especially during that first term in the first few years, there was always this sense of like, well, it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. So when it happened to her, the people were just ready to say, see, I knew something like this was going to happen. Right. It's so, I mean, you mentioned Barack Obama. He did show up, right? There was a big memorial service for her in Arizona, uh, uh, and for the victims of that, they lost their lives and were injured. Uh, and that's where, uh, Barack Obama and, and the first lady recognized Daniel. And there were two other people that were there that helped, uh, knock the gun out of the, the shooter's hand and, uh, knock the gunman down that were also uh, called and recognized by the, uh, Barack Obama and Michelle. And so, I mean, big, a big, big deal. And so, what did this guy do? What did Daniel Hernandez do after this? He, he, he mentioned he wrote a book. He, he ran for office for the school board in Arizona. And again, today is a, a state, uh, part of the Arizona state legislature. Um, he has decided to be more vocal about his what he does is because what he realizes 
after all the press from 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 the the shooting uh and his role in helping save Gabby Gifford's life he realized that there were not a lot of out LGBTQ Latin people uh Latinx people um just out there talking about who they are and what they did and so he he decided that it was very important for him to be out. he was already out but to, to be more visible in terms of what he was doing and his role so he does uh he, again he wrote the book he does speaking uh engagements and um and the book is called they call me a hero a memoir of my youth um and and again it really feels passionate about the state of arizona being Latino, being being LGBTQ, and making sure that people appreciate the different cultures, the different viewpoints, and kind of uh, that we have a voice that needs to be heard. Um, and so, and that we can do, I, I guess the, the bigger point is that you can do, you can be a hero. Not that he uses that term, but it's like, because um, there's, we were talking about earlier, um, there's this perception that you have to look a certain way or act a certain way or be a type, certain type of person mm-hmm. to be a hero. And he's like, well, okay, if they're going to call me a hero, like I, this is me. I don't know. He's like, I don't call myself a hero, but I am a queer Latinx person. You know, mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I think that that to me is pretty significant. And the fact that, uh, again, when he goes out and on speaking tours and, and, People listen to him and they're like, "Wow, thank you so much for sharing your story." Like, I didn't know yeah, that well, was he possible. He seems to have a level head, but then I always think um, we're all human, and we all, at night, when we're alone, <laughs> think about things. I wonder how much the pressure gets to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially as we praise him here on a podcast, which just one of many people that praise him. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I worry about people that. Or constantly praised because I know when people praise me is um, you're so good at blah 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 or whatever I'm like or you're so nice I'm, my instinct not in like a negative way is to be in my head I'm like I can be a real cranky in my first sometimes right. you know I can be impatient and rude and I don't want this person to think I'm some great person you know what I mean yeah um, I'm I'm just me right I, yeah I get that. Um, and you think that's some of what his, motivates his reason to be like, I'm not a hero, I'm just a person. Like, again, Well, not, I don't want to put, I don't want to assume his motivations, but I'm just saying I know he's human and we all think the same way a lot of times. And I know that he is probably like, has struggled in the past with dealing like, hearing about the fact that he's a hero all the time. Yeah. I mean, to this day. That's I mean, a lot of pressure. Ten years later, I mean. It, and it, it's not true. I mean, yes, he is a hero. <laughs> right. Don't get me wrong. But to say that he's some superhuman that um, is so much better than everybody else is a lot of pressure that I know he knows is like, wait, hold on. Right. Don't think so highly of me because that puts a lot of pressure on me. It's the whole, this is what a lot of first responders and doctors deal with is like these people look to me to save lives and to be like, I'm just trying to do the best I can, but I make mistakes. Right. And it's just the pressure of living and when you've been deemed a hero and you get a book offer and all that kind of stuff i'm sure it's a lot of pressure yeah well and i think he's got some tendencies of of people who are gay who are part of the lgbtq community because when he said he was writing the book he's like i don't like talking about myself it's not that i mean obviously the the pv gays like talking about themselves but it's more of a um He's, he's still that insecurity a little bit like you know, who's going to care. I think yeah. he's trying to stay humble, yeah. which is a good thing. I think he is humble. 
and he's this is why he has a level hit on his shoulders too is he's trying to remain humble yeah. which is a battle that we always have to do to be honest with ourselves it's the whole thing of me being like I'm really not that nice <laughs> you know because you can't don't believe the hype when people because we're all, we're all flawed I think and he nice. did amazing things yeah. you know what I mean I'm not saying that but does he have an OnlyFans uh, I mean you can check it out if you want okay <laughs> oh I hope I don't. I, I don't hope he was able to remain nine ninety nine a month and didn't have to slash it. Well, I, he's a state legislator, so I don't think he's a politician. So I don't think he's got anything too racy if he does have an OnlyFans. I would say that he's probably talking about gun. He like lists his playlist like of twenty twenty and yeah. that kind of stuff like Barack does. <laughs> right. <laughs> does Barack have an oh, OnlyFans? That would be amazing. I would oh spend whatever you tell me. Blank check. <laughs> Twelve month subscription. It's yours. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, there, maybe we have a budget for that. Um, of course, is again, t- today he continues to be involved in politics, advocate for uh, um, things that, and causes that he feels are, are, are just for him. Uh, he's a Democrat, so, you know, he's on our side. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe uh, he is perfect. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a number of accomplishments he's scored as a, as a state legislator. And if you want to find out more about him, you can check him out. He's... Uh, Again, an active politician. Um, of course, Gabby Giffords, uh, you know, you mentioned running for office. I mean, she tweeted something yesterday, um, so on the 1st of January, um, that uh, about, you know, it's been 10 years since this event. And, um, you know, never a decade ago did I think I was going into that new year uh, that knowing my life would yeah. be like this now. Um which almost I was like, she's like, I'm going to continue my life's mission of, of service. But I was like, is she going to think she's going to run? But I don't think she, no, I mean, she won't run for Senate because she, her husband and, um, uh, Kirsten cinema, but, uh, she so won't both run, Democrats, no. but I think she's now in like a gun control advocate. Yeah. I mean, that's what she does now. She's a gun control advocacy. Um, she knows she's a symbol too. Yep. And there's power in that. Yes. Yes. No. You, sometimes you have more power than that than being well, as a, a sex symbol. I know. <laughs> as a nice sex symbol, as you noted. Hey, not that nice. Remember, not that nice. Uh, but so yeah, I thought that was pretty. I mean, having known that story, very much aware of the story, Gabby Giffords. I did not know that the guy who saved her was uh, a gay, a gay man. So that's good to good to know. So score one for the LGBTQ community. We are heroes. Even though he doesn't want to use the term, I'll use it. Um, I think he, he did something again, pretty remarkable. Not pretty, Here's, very remarkable. You know what stuff. else is interesting, though? Not interesting, but um, thirteen people were shot, or thirteen people were, were shot and survived, and six died. Is that right? Six, thir- thirteen injured, six died. So I guarantee you, with those thirteen people, those thirteen people had people keeping them alive, mm-hmm. and. We're focusing on, as we should focus on him, but Gabby's um, caretaker is who we're focusing on. Right. But there's something very heartening to know that those 13, other 13 people and the six that died, I know had people, they were not left to bleed out alone right. on, on the and, and concrete. That's, and that's part of what he says, too, is like there were first responders that were there that responded, that, you know, that took action. He's like, I just reacted and he's like i wasn't there to save lives he's like there are people who are actively going into harm's way to to you know save people he's like i i just reacted to 
what I knew at the time. So, um, again, I, very remarkable. So, um, and again, part of the, part of the community. So love it. Love to tell that story. All right. Anything else before we sign off? I think we said it all. We did so much that this might be the finale. (laughs) Is there anything more to say? Of the episode? The whole podcast. Oh my god. I think we've done it. That's it, folks. (laughs) Just kidding. The last Ling Bang. The last Ling. We'll be back next week. All right. There's too much change change going on for people. We can't uh, we can't just sign off like that. Uh, we've got we've got lots more things to do. Actually, we were just talking before this podcast. We've got some 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 tricks up our sleeves, I guess. That we'll uh, we'll try. They to... have names. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, what were those lesbian names we were talking about earlier? I like <laughs> <laughs> Pat Murphy is still alive. Pat Murphy and R- R- Rhonda Rhonda McDaniel and who who's the other one? Bar- Barb. Barb Finger, what? Rhonda McDaniel is the uh, Rona McDaniel is the RNC chair. Oh, uh, Rona doesn't sound like a Rona. Just sounds like a bad disease. Rhonda sounds yeah, like a lesbian. Rhonda sounds like a lesbian name. Pat. I think a lot of lesbians, no offense, tend to change their name to Pat legally once they come out. It just seems like a Pat. It just seems like a and Marty. Mm-hmm. Marty. Well, yeah, Pat Marty. Just Rhonda. like an um. What is that movie that I love? Still Magnolias. I can't remember the names, but it's like, it's a known fact that all gay men are named Tom, Rick, and Steve, and they all have track Latin. I should know that by now. Track Latin? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, have you seen my kitchen? I, everywhere, blinding, track lighting. Track lighting. <laughs> Actually, I thought we were And your name have, is Tom. I thought we were going to have to do track lighting, but... Our electrician was like, we can't do it up there. And but I'm you're like, bisexual, so you chose one room. Yeah, it's like, we can do track lighting. We don't have to do track lighting. I feel like uh, straight men, that's a good, that's a, like gay men do, don't do track lighting anymore. A straight man will do it. I got in my media room. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Are you straight now? Track lighting? Yeah. I mean, it has. I have been interested in it lately. <laughs> like what goes on down there. You watch straight porn? I couldn't draw it. I couldn't pick it out of a lineup. <laughs> A vagina. Oh, for another time. For you could another... step on a cherry pie, put it next to a vagina. I wouldn't know the difference. Mm-mm. There's a lot. See, you know, you talked about uh, you know our slang bang of, of paint shaming, the vagina shaming. I, I think we we should talk about that. We should spend some time talking about that because that that is controversial with the nowadays with the with the whole not with the whole it people get excited about that. And not in a good way or a bad way, but there's a bad way. Gays tend to be like, "Ooh, vaginas," but because of body shaming and body imaging and all that sort of stuff. Well, it's very ironic that you said that because we had some straight friends over last night, and the subject of vulvas came up, and I was like, "Oh, I as can't it look does." At it. What did you bring it up? I was like, "Vaginas and dogs' buttholes or cats' buttholes." I'm sorry, I have to put my hand up so I don't have to see it. And they were like. They looked at me like, why are you going to shame the vagina? And I'm like, times have changed because I used to be able to bash a vagina. Not like that. Hello. But. You never bashed a vagina. Mm-mm. No. And now you can't bash it. Nor finger bang. Even, even figuratively. Figuratively. Figuratively, I said. Okay? You can't do that. That's inappropriate. I have friends that will do that for me. <laughs> wow. So that I don't have to. You are a nice guy. That's that. That's a Not hero. That nice. 
Not that nice. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast this week and kicking with us. A special thank you to the guy who keeps our sound in check and gets our episode out every week, which has got to come out in a couple of hours. Spencer. You can find Spencer on the podcast, our spooky podcast, where they talk about scary things. And right now they are busy doing the rupee podcast, talking about that drag queen stuff busy like little queen bees yes little queen bees uh if you if you're not aware season 13 of rupaul's drag race has dropped uh on january 1 um and there was some drama going on because there were six lip sync battles on the first episode did y'all watch it not lip sync battles what are they called lip sync for your life for your life yeah um six of them so six people were eliminated well that was the i figured up a spoiler alert. Uh, we don't know what's happening with them, actually. We won't I bet they were out. put into teams. That's my prediction. Uh, no, the bottoms I, and the tops. The bottoms and the tops. <laughs> that appropriate. Uh, but they're, they're gonna, you have to listen to Rupee Podcast to find out about uh, Hear the Guys Dish on that. Um, if you, uh, if you've, you can follow them on social media. They have a website. Uh, check them out. If you uh, want to listen to us, subscribe to us so you can hear future episodes. You can visit our website at letstalkaboutgaystuff.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff and on Twitter at Talk Gay Stuff. We do a daily post of this day in LGBTQ history. And by the way, a side note, those his- those history things are fun. Um, the, some are, sometimes they're serious. Sometimes we're including allies into the discussion, all because we're trying to create this uh, sense of community, all these things that have affected our community. Uh, again, straight, gay, ally, all these people, trans people, we, we want to celebrate. And so, um, yes, there are a number of uh, topics we could we could uh, discuss. Uh, if you have some ideas, feel free to share them. We can incorporate them into our list of, what, nearly 2,000 uh, events that have happened in LGBTQ history. Uh, so check it out. We love for uh, people to um, learn with us and to share their thoughts. Uh, you can also leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Uh, you know, we love a five-star review. Um, it makes us feel good. Uh, maybe Kendall will be nice. No. Well, don't, maybe a four-star because we don't want really to get too. You know, we want to stay humble. <laughs> no, you can give us a five-star. I'll take the five-star. If you want to give us some feedback and don't want to do it in public, you can drop us a line at let's talk about gay stuff at gmail.com. We are all part of the Listen Works Network here, and we are proud of this podcast and with you uh, sharing it with us this week. So we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. <laughs>